welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. Here we talk about everything healthcare and technology, and I'm your host, James Summeru. Hey everybody, my guest this week is Per Edland, and he's the head of radiology commercial operations for Bayer Pharmaceuticals, a huge name in the space. So Per has 20 years of experience leading multicultural teams to drive innovation, growth, patient centricity, to meet unmet needs in the field of diagnostic radiology. So he currently heads pretty diverse business and they've got a portfolio that has contrast agents, medical devices, services and informatics too. And as you probably know, Bayer itself is a life science company and they do loads of stuff in healthcare and in fact agriculture, if you didn't know. Uh, they've been around for a hundred years in radiology, um, huge leader in the space, loads to get from this one as you can imagine, so I hope you enjoy it. So Per, welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. How are you doing? I was going to say this morning, is it, is it your morning? Whereabouts are you speaking to us from? Well, uh, thank you, James. Uh, actually, I'm speaking to you from Singapore, so for me it's early, early evening now, four o'clock. Or late oh, afternoon. wow. Wonderful. Um, and Per, listen, the way that we start these podcasts is uh, we get you to tell your story. And so I know that you've got a really interesting background leading up to obviously where you are now in Bayer. So it'd be great for our listeners if you could run us through it. Oh, thank you, James. It would be my pleasure. Uh, let's see. Uh, I've been in the healthcare industry for about 20 years, quite exactly 20 years, actually. And of those 15 years I spent in the field of radiology. Before coming into this sector, I, I did my university years. I uh, majored in economics. And uh, after that, I went to the Swedish Ministry for Foreign Affairs. So I spent a few years there mm. working in different assignments, uh, mainly in Stockholm, but uh, also uh, longer and shorter assignments at different embassies around the world, actually. Uh, in the late 90s, I... Uh, felt that I would like to join the private sector. So I went out of public sector and I joined uh, an IT company. Because James, remember this was the late 90s, right? So at least in Sweden. Lots of money and opportunity in IT at that point. Fantastic opportunity. And it was was this millennia bubble, I I guess you could call it, (laughs) right? So everyone was working in IT and so did I. And uh, after a few years, in that sector, I, uh, I got the opportunity to start working for a German pharmaceutical company named Shearing. And that's how I took my first steps into the healthcare industry. And in my, in my research of you, I came across your LinkedIn profile. And when you went to that pharma company, you mentioned on there that you introduced the, the concept of health economics. And that's really interesting to me because I, I was a doctor and I qualified as a doctor in, uh, well, the early 2000s, let's just say. And I suppose health economics for me as a ground floor clinician wasn't really anything that was on my mind or in my practice. And it was only something that later down the line that I really thought of. And so for you being there again in sort of the early 2000s, was the concept of health economics something that was often talked about? Was that something that you came in to do specifically? Or was that something that kind of grew as you were there? Very early days. And, and uh, look, I had a role when I started off 
opened this company, which was, since I have um, econom a background in economics and finance, I was responsible for what you would call uh, something like uh, marketing services and, and uh, different controller roles as well. And marketing services included logistics, uh, customer relationship, IT systems, uh, uh, different market uh, information for all the different businesses. And also when it came to negotiations with, uh, with different uh, purchasing organizations, I was very much involved in that. So I would say it was really early days and we tried with the help of, uh, well, medical doctors like yourself to put together, put things in perspective of costs for society. Yeah, it must be interesting That's for you to have seen it. that field grow from obviously yeah. those early days there to what it is now. And such a, it's such a, a more mature, even, even term, you know, in the terminology of it, just as a, as a, as a group of two words, it seems far more often used now than it was then. Has it been interesting seeing that mature into what is essentially now a discipline? Well, yeah, I would say over the 20 years I've been in the healthcare industry, it has become a must-have for pharmaceutical products, mm. more or less. And uh, the level of sophistication to get there and the difference in perspective, and that we see also moving today, right? It's a question of not cost saving it's a question of generating value and yeah. it's a question of recognizing where is that value actually going to show up in the healthcare system but i think underlying drive for any purchase organization whether that is a private clinic or a bigger group purchasing organization is what value are you bringing to me mm. and why would i use you because that's what, uh, and that should be the case as well, right? It's not only a question of the price tag. It's a question of what do I get by working with you as a partner, as a healthcare company, other than I get from others, right? So uh, I think it's, the trend is obvious and the trend is the right one. The purchasers, the organizations, the healthcare organizations should be asking us, for a maximization of value with whatever we bring in. I love this focus on value and this, um, this, this realization that value is different in other countries and figuring out what, what's going to bring it. And that's the, that, I suppose that's the interesting side of business. But let's, let's talk about Bayer. Let's talk about your role at Bayer. So I am responsible for our radiology, Bayer radiology business in Asia Pacific, which is a big region for us. We only have three regions around the world, Europe, Middle East, Africa, and uh, this region and then Americas. And I've been here for four, four and a half years now. And prior to coming to Asia Pacific, I had the same role in Europe, Middle East, Africa for four or five years as well. Wow. Before that, I had uh, different marketing roles of increasing responsibility until I was, yeah, nine, nine, ten years ago then when I got uh, this uh, European job. And, I consider myself extremely fortunate uh, getting the chance to work here in Asia Pacific after having spent most of my career in Europe, even though traveled quite a lot and seen different markets in Europe as well. And earlier on in my career, I also had the opportunity to go to Asia quite often for various meetings. But living here and acting here and seeing how things are in countries like Indonesia or Japan or Australia or China or India, 
I, it's extremely fulfilling to me. I, yeah. I enjoy every day of it, I can honestly say. And it has really shaped me as a person as well. That's really nice. It's obviously always lovely to enjoy the, the region that you're in, but also the work that you do. And so I'm, I'm really interested in Bayer Radiology itself. I'm interested in, in what that side of the business does. What does it buy and sell? What, how does it help Bayer as a whole? What's its remit? Tell me all about Bayer Radiology. We exist everywhere and we deliver pharmaceutical products, which in our case are the contrast media that is used for different examinations. We have a long range of, of contrast media. Mm. And we also deliver uh, fluid delivery systems, which is administering uh, the contrast media during the examinations. Then we have software solutions and uh, all kinds of disposables to what we deliver as well. So we have a rich portfolio that is solely aiming at the needs of radiology. I would add, we also work on interventional cardiology. So I guess that's a, that's a tweak to what we do. But we are aiming at radiology. Uh, we've been in the field for more than 100 years with our product. So we have a huge legacy, a huge legacy in, in this field. And um, That's awesome. So I, I, I want to I ask you then, Obviously, with this being the health tech podcast, we, we like to hear about digital solutions and, you know, the roles of things like AI in, in radiology are obviously very big at the moment and have been for a few years. Do you guys have a unique view on that from where you are? Do you guys play in that kind of technology space? Do you have a view as Bayer Radiology on how you work with companies like that that are delivering those things do you have any interface with that stuff mm, absolutely you see when we look at the radiology suite we have our legacy and we have brought a lot of innovation to the market over the years and an example of that would be just to give you one example when the mri modality was discovered in the 80s everyone said finally a modality to make images where we don't need contrast media and that was what people said until we invented the first MRI contrast media. And then everyone recognizes we need contrast media to see more. And that's how we look upon our role. We need to bring innovation that enhances diagnosis moving forward. And there are different ways for us to do so. Uh, when I look at the radiology practice of today, let's say pre-COVID, because I guess we all need to make a distinction between pre-COVID and past COVID, right? Mm -hmm. you, you have an extremely high unmet medical need in a region like Asia-Pacific, but also in other pockets of the world, right? Uh, aging population, prevalence of chronic diseases are, are there, so it's not going to redu be reduced in the future. Technological advancements in, of all kinds, and uh, also in emerging markets, you get access to radiology. So what you see is there's an ever-increasing demand for diagnosis, and the reason for that is that every successful treatment starts with the right diagnosis. And that to me is important. And that's also what I find so fascinating with radiology. Now, every successful treatment starts with the right diagnosis. It doesn't mean that radiology is involved in all the diagnosis. But when you go to the GP and you say, oh, I'm feeling, I have a headache, I have... Uh, running nose he says you have a flu go home and go to bed that's a diagnosis and it's a treatment suggestion right but whenever things go more advanced you need radiology for diagnosis and for follow-up 
So that's where I see the extreme need for radiology moving into the future. And the demand is not going to decrease. Mm -hmm. So I guess that puts a lot of pressure on companies like us for bringing innovation, wouldn't you think? including AI and digital solutions, right? Yeah, absolutely. And to touch on that theme of innovation, well, first of all, I absolutely agree with you in in the value of diagnosis. And I suppose as we increase from a technological standpoint, the demand for more and more accurate diagnosis is always going to be there. It feels to me that that is always going to be an area that we are trying to improve and striving for almost perfection you know we're always going to want that because by accurately diagnosing we're then going to be able to more accurately treat and you know we talked about value at the start that's how we realize so much value is getting those things right i think at the moment we've we've obviously seen covid19 hit and the pandemic across the world and you with your sort of global view i suppose you've seen different effects of the virus all around the world but clearly one with it being a respiratory infection radiology has had to play a really important part i know quite a lot of uh startups in the ai radiology space that have released covid19 products or pivoted what they do to to include and help somewhat in in covid19 What's been, I suppose, your view on that kind of, you know, smarter radiology innovations space, things that are trying to help patients from a radiological perspective? How have you seen that around the world from from your view within Bayer Radiology? Well, today, I think everyone, I think it has gone through some phases already up until now. And I mean, development has just started, I would say. The scenario is that we have this immense need for diagnosis. We have huge unmet medical needs, not least in this region. And you know, the two pieces that is hindering us is A, ability to read images fast enough and uh, good enough, I guess, with a high workload, and second, to generate images of good enough quality. That is the it's not bottlenecks, but these are the two challenges in the field of radiology. And I'm convinced AI will help in both these, these aspects, not least reading, to help radiologists read pictures and, and make the more basic analysis before the radiologists dig in and look at it and confirm the diagnosis. That's how I see it play out. Today, this is already the case in parts of the world, right? To, at least in some indicational areas. Uh, but it's going to explode. That would be my, my estimation. And uh, I think many with me would say this is just in the beginning yet. Across all diseases, we know that every successful treatment starts with the correct diagnosis. Medical imaging is key to confirming and assessing many diseases and in monitoring treatment progress. By making it possible for early and correct disease diagnosis, medical imaging improves efficiency in healthcare systems, as well as patient outcomes. The need for medical imaging to support treatment decisions and therapy planning has certainly grown with aging populations and changing lifestyles leading to an increase in chronic conditions such as heart disease and cancer. So these are the two 
two big pillars that we're working on, the diagnosis of heart disease and cancer, and it's not without reason. Cancer is the second leading cause of death globally, as, as you know, James, right? So given, given COVID-19 at the moment, and given that it's obviously broken out across the world, you've seen this from a global perspective with your role, what are some of the, the key innovations that you've seen that have helped people navigate the outbreak? Well, we strive to be a scientific partner of choice which means understanding the common issues and difficulties faced by radiology clinics and professionals and tailoring our solutions to meet these needs. This also involves leveraging our innovation and expertise to advance the field of radiology, shape the patient experience and improve outcomes. Safety, speed and accuracy and continuing education are all key priorities in this new normal. There is a key need among radiologists and clinicians of time-saving, efficient diagnostic solutions in times of strained healthcare workers and systems. So we think many of our established and new solutions are already specifically designed to improve workflow, but that doesn't mean we, we can't stop. We need to keep bringing new innovation to market. And uh, we have a couple of examples of things we actually are bringing to the market just as we speak now, which uh, happen to fit perfectly fine to the situation we are in, which makes me extremely pleased. And when you, when you think about those examples, what's the, what's the impact that it's making? You mentioned workflow, and that's obviously extremely important for mm. clinicians in the space, uh, things that yeah. build into their current workflow and make things easier. Is that what you're trying to achieve with the innovations that you've got? Yeah, absolutely. We need to be, we need to bring innovations that help the healthcare professionals processing more patients, bringing out accurate diagnosis in the safest possible way for both healthcare professionals and for, and for the patients. An example for this would be our latest CT fluid delivery system. We're launching it right now, actually, as we speak. We already launched it in Australia, and we're launching it in every country we can as soon as we get regulatory approval for it. It's a, it's a CT injector, and normally when you work on, on a CT, you spend quite a lot of time with, uh, uh, with the machinery. This injector is built for less machine time, and the key philosophy we have used when we developed it is do less, care more because we want the radiographer and the radiologist and the nurses to take care of the patient and spend less time on machinery. That is the whole focus of that, uh, that injector and that infusion system that we're delivering. It has a lot of automation and it, and it means that you simply need to do less with a machine and you can, you can process more patients in the same period of time without having a stress no, and adding to that, it was also awarded the Red Dot Design Award 2020, among other things, because of the intuitiveness built into the system to make it easy to use. And I believe this is, a, this is truly, truly a game changer for CT moving into the future. Being able to process so much more patients if, needs, if need arises in a safe way in a really safe way, no contamination risk, which you also see when you have people working on the machinery, automation in, in registration of data and reporting into different uh, risks and PAC systems. 
it's a it's a very nice machine and a good example of what we could bring when we when we have this new uh, new scenario of COVID-19 and the strain that puts on healthcare. So yeah, I totally agree. And I, th I think the interesting thing there for me is obviously this focus on, you know, eyes off process and eyes on patients. I think any innovation that does that effectively, there's always going to be a net increase in the quality of healthcare because ultimately, yes, we want to talk about saving costs, but I think it is important that we also focus on improving quality because that is the whole point. You have to do both at the same time. And I think any innovation that improves the workflow of individual clinicians is always then going to mean that they have that bit of extra time or energy or lack of frustration at their current system to then put that time and energy and frankly eyes and ears and all the other of their senses onto patients so that they can care better and i think that is an extremely important way for innovators to or a place for innovators to focus and i suppose you know at, a, at the level that you guys are doing it <clears throat> i'd expect yeah. nothing less and it seems that seems that you're doing a very good job of it well yeah we are extremely proud of this uh, this this new fluid delivery system that we're launching now. And uh, I must say our R&D team has done a fantastic job bringing this good solution to the market. And I just wish we could, we could actively work with it in more markets than we are already today, but uh, that's coming. And if we look at the needs also in unmet medical need, I would also like to take the opportunity to mention, especially from this, from a perspective of this region, we know that we have in this region, we have roughly 70% of all the liver cancers in the world is in this region. And fortunately, many of those liver cancers are diagnosed at too late a stage. And that is simply a big, high unmet medical need that we have in the selected countries in, in Asia Pacific. And what makes me very proud is that we also launched a liver specific contrast media for MRI, which makes it possible to diagnose even much, much smaller lesions, hence pin down the, the liver lesions and the cancers you have much earlier than what you would do elsewhere. And that is also one of those innovations that truly can change the life for patients, right? And, and that makes me very proud of being part of this organization as well. I believe we work on bringing those solutions to life. And we will continue doing so also moving into the future. And you mentioned your R&D team, the people behind, mm. obviously, the research and development. I'm, very, I'm yeah. interested in how much does Bayer develop in-house and how much does Bayer look to the startup community to either invest or acquire in order to sort of bring that R&D in, if you see what I mean. Clear majority of the work we do, we do in-house, but not all of it. We have collaboration agreements with uh, third party organizations as well, when it comes to development of contrast media and very promising such. Medical devices, we use third parties also here, but uh, for example, that CT injector I talked about earlier on, that is mainly developed here in the region, Asia Pacific, by uh, our, our own R&D team here. So uh, I would say here it's also we use third parties. Where we do use mainly third party companies is when it comes to development of digital solutions. Not only, but we use 
third party, we work together with third parties to bring AI solutions to the market. And we are extremely happy to find, to work together with startup companies and to, to find opportunities to collaborate because we think the combination of our footprint and our experience in the field of healthcare combined with entrepreneurship and the uh, creativity that you find in many of those startups, that's a pretty strong combination. <laughs> and we are happy to work with. with and and for, the, for those companies listening, you know, the startups listening, mm-hmm. the entrepreneurs listening, what sort of stage do they have to be for you to be interested in working with them and partnering with them? Because some organizations say, let us know as early as possible. We want to watch people. We want to keep people on the list and track them and see how they do. Other people say, you know, only get in touch when you've made your first sale. Are you interested in having a view of the entire market at all times? Or are you more focused on, okay, once people are at a certain stage, then it's good to get in touch. Where do you sit on that? We're interested to work with them. Actually, not depending on which stage they are in. We're in- we would, of course, be interested to look at what they are and see if we find a match to what, what we think is the right thing to do. So that would be where we would look at them. And uh, as a radiology organization, we are, of course, focusing on that field of operation. And we are really interested to get in touch with the startup companies here. But also as a greater Bayer organization, which is our entire pharma, we even have a program in place that we call Bayer G4A. It used to be called Grant for Apps, and we renamed it G4A today. And that's a program we've been running since 2013 in order to build up collaboration with startup companies in different stages. Some of them are very early, and others are maybe already having a solution, but they need advice and support and uh, some sparing partners when it comes to how they're going to commercialize it. So we work with uh, different startups in different stages of life. And we are really interested in deepening those partnerships moving forward, finding more. We believe that is the that is actually how big companies like us need to work moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. You, uh, you definitely want to work with the people that are, that are trying to innovate yeah. and trying to uh, almost trying to put you out of business, I suppose. You're better off working with them. Obviously, that's never going to happen. With your global view, you obviously, have, you obviously see different markets and the way that they deal with radiology, the way that they deal with new solutions and innovations and everything going on within radiology. What have you seen as, as the main differences globally when it comes to this? If you look at a typical Western European radiology suite, they may process 30 patients in a CT in a day. And if I go to parts of Asia Pacific, you have suites that process 130 patients in one day. That's a <laughs> wow. They are still not done when the day is over. And, and that is some, that's a difference that you need to take into consideration when you bring solutions to the market, right? That there isn't such a thing as the radiology suite. There is vast differences. And that generates also vast differences in the needs that these healthcare professionals have in order to improve their practice, right? And that's where we come in, where we need to look at what is needed here, what can we bring to, to generate value, to help, help them in their daily job. And, and that's where I think our global footprint is truly a help. And the fact that we have research and development people that 
is used to acting in different, being present in different markets, it really gives us an edge when it comes to bring solutions to life. That means, that means something to healthcare professionals all over the world. You've talked about interacting with startups, entrepreneurs, and that you're kind of agnostic when it comes to what stage they're at. So it doesn't matter what stage they are when, when they approach you because you're just, you know, you're looking for the ideas, you're looking for a view of the market. What would your advice be to radio, radiology startups in this space? Well, I think where some of them may go wrong is that they look at uh, only at adding value. But to make a solution be a success and be used widely, you need to consider also, for example, the fact that most healthcare practices around the world have their processes, they have their way of working. And if you bring solutions that require too much of a behavioral change, that is going to be a hurdle. And that is where I see some of these startup ideas actually not having thought things through. And that's also where I believe we as a partner could possibly help out to, to bridge some of those behavioral changes. Yeah, just on the behavior change point. So mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's a really important one. And I think it comes up a lot in not only radiology, but obviously, and to be honest, not only AI or anything like that. It's across health tech that behavior change is extremely yeah. important to bear in mind. And it's because that... One of the most difficult things, as you will know, trying to adopt a new technology is exactly that. It's the adoption of it. The best product in the world can already exist. But the challenge is getting it adopted and getting it built into people's workflows. And I agree with you that it almost seems that, you know, resource, whether you want to call that budget or whatever it is within a startup company that's trying to make a difference in healthcare should actually be ring fenced and applied specifically for the adoption, whether that's helping with, and you know, people sometimes say pilots are good or pilots are bad, but whether or not you are funding pilots for people, whether or not you are funding a person to be sat in the department to help the adoption of a new technology or whatever it is. But it seems to me that I completely agree with you that that behavior change element cannot be ignored. It has to be lent into, it has to be understood in order to make that change. And it's, yeah, I absolutely agree. I'm interested in the problems that you are trying to solve at the moment. I'm interested in what mm. one of the what are the things at the moment for Bay Radiology that you guys are looking at and with either your devices or your software or whatever it mm. is, where are the areas that you're keen to, to solve problems at the moment? If I look at digital, I would say think of the needs I see in radiology where we could so- find solutions. So we are working in three different areas when it comes to digital solutions to uh, to increase either speed, accuracy, or safety in, in radiology. And one way would be reading of images. If we can support radiologists, because radiologists are getting more and more data, all the new scanners are generating more and more data. If we could develop AI tools that can help out in reading images, that is, of course, a field that we are going into and we are working hard on that as well. Second piece would be there are diseases out there which are extremely rare and extremely having an extremely negative prognosis for the patient unless they are diagnosed in time. Now, if we can develop algorithms that help radiologists detect these diseases as well, that would be extremely beneficial because we are currently working on, uh, on one of those 
diagnosis. It's a pulmonary hypertension diagnose. And it's extremely difficult to make it because the patients are really rare. And the difference for the patient, if it is detected early on or late on, is big. So we want to have that diagnosed early on. If we can support in building such an algorithm, that's the second piece where we would also work. Third piece that I look at when I look at digital development for us is some of the diagnosis you do mainly in MRI takes pretty long time to do the examination itself. Now, if we could develop systems that make those procedures cut in half in time or even less to make an MRI procedure that today takes half an hour to make that in 10 minutes, that would also help out significantly when it comes to throughput and making it possible for more patients to get diagnosed in a timely manner. So those are the three pieces where I see us putting emphasis in our R&D efforts today. And it sounds like you've got plenty in the pipeline to uh, yes. be solving these problems in future. Mm. <laughs> I'm so happy and proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's nice because I, I believe you. I, I can hear in your voice. You're, you're so yeah. proud to work here. You're so, uh, you're so energized by the problems that you're solving. And I think that's really nice. <laughs> and it just sounds like at Bayer Radiology, you've got a really good view of that entire ecosystem you're willing to work with partners you're willing to work with startups you're looking at the new innovations it seems like an extremely exciting place to be and I'm, I'm sure you're doing uh, doing everything you can to stay in this role and to, <laughs> to keep making the impact right I can tell you, James, my entire team is as jazzed as I am about the future. We are really, yeah, well, we are. And look, I, I think a good proof of that was also during the COVID pandemic now. We couldn't go out and see customers, but our service engineers, of course, have to be out and service our equipment. But there was a complete dedication in our team. And even they had to go in full hazmat suits. They did mm. because they, they knew the importance of, of the role they're playing. And I, I think that speaks very much in favor of the dedication. It's an exciting place to be. I wouldn't like to be anywhere else at the moment, I must say. It's, <laughs> being in the field of radiology, things are changing, but things are changing to the better. And that's what we want to see, right, isn't it? I love so, that. Yeah, I, I totally consider agree, myself Pear. very fortunate. Well, Per, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I really appreciate it. If people want to get in touch with Bayer Radiology, if they're a, a startup in the space, if they're an individual, if they're a clinician, how do they get in touch with Bayer Radiology? What's the best way? Well, I think if, if they really want to get in touch, they can always get in touch with me on my LinkedIn. That is one way. If they're a startup and they really would like to be part of our programs, the G4A program, Grant for Apps program that we have, they should go and visit our homepage for that, which is g4a.health. That's where they find it. And it's a really fascinating way that we have in order to connect with uh, startup companies from around the world and see what we together can work out regarding their solutions. Everyone is welcome to reach out to me via my LinkedIn page as well. I would only be flattered if they did. Very nice. I would look forward to it. Uh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. The pleasure is all mine, James. And thank you very much for having me on your show. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening and making it all the way to the end of this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate us and leave a review. And you can head to the description of this episode to follow me on all of my social media so you don't miss out on any of the latest health tech content.